employing differences, a conversation about exploring the collaborative space between individuals. I'm Paul Tevis. And I'm Karen Gimnick. Each episode, we start with a question and we see where it takes us. This week's question is, can we really do this? So what we're aiming at here is a situation where we realize we don't within our group have the skill that we need to accomplish the thing we're trying to accomplish. Um, and I, there was a particular example, as is often the case with these episodes, of, of a group that I'm working with that's trying to make a, a, a series of decisions, actually, but decisions on a pretty tight time frame. And they're really complex and overlapping and, uh, you know, big hairy mess. What, what, it, what in formal facilitation terms we call a big hairy mess. <laughs> and, and what do we do with that? And I was trying to coach the person who was going to facilitate this meeting. And the facilitator kept saying to me, I don't have the skills to do that. Like, I hear what you're saying and I hear, you know, you could go this way or that way, but I don't have the skills to know when to go this way or that way, or I don't, you know, I could get there, I can learn it, but I'm not going to have it by this meeting next week. And, and I respect that and I, and I'm not doubting that that's actually the situation. And we talked a little bit about, well, is there someone else in your group who could facilitate? And, and the short answer is no, we don't have that skill in our team. And I think the problem is largely the same if the skill is a certain type of coding or uh, you know an ability to use an Excel spreadsheet in a certain way or whatever that skill set might be. I think what we're wanting to tackle here is what do we do as a team if we are faced with the reality that there's a fairly essential skill to the thing we're trying to accomplish and we're missing it? So there's a couple of different options you have. And, and, and we also, I think, need to recognize this is super common. Like teams actually kind of, and organizations and groups face this all the time where they, they don't have all the skills that they would really like to have within a particular group. Um, and they've got a few choices of how to handle that. And I think often we don't realize what choices we have, so we feel stuck. So I think what we want to talk through here is a little bit of, of a few ideas of how to get unstuck. Um, and the first place that I often go to um, is assuming that they're correct, right? That, that the level of skill that is currently present in the group or in the individual that, that's there um, is not sufficient to easily reach the level of quality that they want. Because that's often what we're talking about, right? It's not going to, we can't very easily see, yes, there's, we're going to achieve this standard that we would like. Um, I think at that point, we have to start to ask the question, well, what if we did it anyway? Right? Because the alternative, like one alternative is not do it at all. Is doing it with the present level of skill better or worse than not doing it all? Or likely to be better or worse than not doing it at all? Um, and, and any of those answers are actually valid, right? It could be, I mean, like, let's just say something like open heart surgery. Right. If I don't have somebody who's got the necessary skill, then maybe we should wait until we can get a surgeon who does. <laughs> um, you know that the 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 complications could be worse. Doing it unskilled might might be worse. But if it's something like we're trying to make a decision around this thing, and we recognize that it's going to be contentious, and there's going to be some 
uh, you know, some, some conflict and it's going to be difficult and hard, we might also recognize, but actually we're working with a group that's pretty resilient to that kind of stuff. So while it might be bad in the short term and the meeting might not go and the process might not go as smoothly as we like, we could get uh, we could get an answer out of this. We could get a decision that we need to clean up a little bit afterwards, but we're willing to accept that. And that's better than not making a decision at all. So there's a range of, of possibilities out of that. And I think we need to step back and recognize it's not a binary choice of either we have the necessary skill or we just don't do it. There, there's a range of things that may show up in the middle there. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I and I like that sense that it's not binary. It's not just do we do it or do we not do it. Um, and, and I think another thing to look at is what can we do with the skills we do have? So is there a way like in in this example, what we'd like is a person who can facilitate a really good meeting. That may not be going to happen. We may not have that. But could we draw on everybody, you know, could we have a conversation say, okay, I know I don't have the facilitation skills to manage the kind of conversation I expect we're going to have about this. So I'm willing to try to facilitate it, but I'm going to ask of you, you all to try to self-regulate and not speak longer than you need to. Try to sort of self-filter and not, you know, like, if it's really a major concern, bring it. But if it's bogging down the system and it's not actually essential, maybe don't say that thing. Like, how can we as a group deal with the situation that we're in? And again, whatever that skill set might be, could we do this a different way? Could we have a different approach? Do we consider a majority vote decision instead of a consensus decision if we're lacking the facilitation for the consensus decision? How can we leverage the skills that we do have on the team more broadly. And I think we do that so much better if we're willing to say out loud in front of everybody, I don't actually have the skill I wish I did for this. Like I'm not, I, I'm not going to be as good at this as I want to be. I can't do the thing we're asking for. This is what I can do. And this is what you all or one of you or some of you could do to help me with it, which might actually land you in a more collaborative space than you would have been if one person had the skill. Mm hmm. That is the um, the thing that that it, that specialization right gets in the way of collaboration a lot, because what it does is it says this is the person who has this skill. Therefore, they are the only one who can or should do it. And that by itself is not collaborative because and and what we're actually saying is that a lack of specialization can actually help the group become more collaborative because it asks each of us who's in the group to figure out given the skills we do have and given who we are how can we contribute towards the result rather than have it be solely on the responsibility of this one person to to demonstrate this remarkable set of skill right how can we help each other and and part of that is is if you are the person who you know should be demonstrating that skill, right? Who's who's in that place and you're like, I don't have that. Being able to ask for help from the group is super useful, depending on the environment you're in, maybe super scary, mm -hmm. but that is a thing that grows the collaboration muscle. That is a thing that, because now what you're doing is saying, this lack of skill is not my problem. This lack of skill is our problem. How do we want to address it collectively? 
and and actually that piece of um of skill gap uh can be a really useful thing in organizations in particular for growth and development it's a thing that i work with a lot and this shows up all the time uh in organizations where they say well you know we want to do teams but we we don't have all the people who have all the specialties. Uh, we don't have enough to put one of them on every team. So instead, we're going to split this person between seven different teams, right? And that leads to all kinds of trouble. And so instead, what I often end up advising is saying, um, acknowledge the skill gaps in the, the teams you're creating. Like, you're right. There's nobody on this team who is an architect. Uh, and so uh, a software architect. And so this means that that is a gap and what I expect, if you're in the position of being the person who's putting this team together, to be able to say, I expect all of you are going to need to develop skills in that area. Like You're going to need to do this collectively. You don't have one person who's going to handle it. I, I expect that you're still going to do it. Mm -hmm. And then <laughs> and then ask the important question, what support would you need for that? Mm -hmm. Like, What organizational support can we provide? for you each to develop the skills that would be necessary to do that that as it turns out one creates much more collaborative teams but also creates uh much more resilient teams throughout your organization so in some ways by understaffing slightly you can actually lead to better results but we get stuck in this place of thinking we have to have experts for everything in order for a team to have any chance of success mm -hmm. yeah <clears throat> and, and i think you're touching on the possibility of you might want to hire in some help or create the possibility of hiring in help and you know very self-serving as this advice is yet yeah, you might think about hiring an outside facilitator if that's resource you have if on the other hand as this group is your group that's going to need to continue making decisions and you don't have the budget to just always have an outside facilitator you know there there's some value in what you're talking about of like okay we work through this one and then the, the corollary to that for me is think about what the cleanup will be. Mm -hmm. Is it we're going to have to make peace with a less good product, whether that's a decision or some other thing that you're, you know, piece of software, whatever it might be. Um, is, is the cleanup that we're going to have stepped on each other's toes some and we need to go do that relational follow up. Is the cleanup that we're not going to make that decision in one meeting as we might have if we'd had really good facilitation we need to figure it's going to take two or three and perhaps some working behind the scenes in between maybe um or what you know what else is that so when we're looking at is it better to do it or not do it okay we're going to do it not as well as we'd like to what do we just want to be prepared for so that we don't do it not as well as we'd like to and then beat ourselves up for that when we saw it coming, like we knew this was what was going on so that we can be peaceful about where we are and, and legitimately address whatever comes from going ahead with the thing that wasn't ideal. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, I think that sort of circles us back around to the beginning, which is, you know, to track sort of where we've been. This whole idea of when we find ourselves in a situation where we have some sort of skills gap, we don't have all the skills that we feel would be necessary to achieve a result at a particular level of quality that we want, what do we want to do about that? You know, we are we are faced with the choice of doing it or not, right? And I think the the range of outcomes that are possible uh, when uh, when we choose to do it 
uh, we just need to be cognizant of it. Is, is doing it badly better than not doing it at all or not? And, and foresee a bit of what those potential consequences are, recognizing that if we do decide to go ahead and do it, we're gonna need to prepare to clean up from those things later. Um, and then also leveraging the skills that we do have sort of in the whole group, um, rather than uh, sort of going to our default of putting all the burden on one specialist to make sure this thing happens and that happens at the level that we want. What can we do collectively to each contribute towards making it possible with the level of skill that we do have. Um, if we have, if we don't have the world's greatest cat herder, to what degree can we ask the cats to be slightly more well-behaved and need less herding? Um, you know, how can we address it that way? Uh, and actually thinking about how when we do that, that means the problems and our problem solving becomes much more collaborative. It creates an opportunity for us to all to contribute and all to grow. And we may actually, in some cases, in the longer term, get better results by doing it that way. Uh, and that sometimes uh, if we're in a position where we're building teams and putting teams together, we might actually creatively create some of those gaps in order to spur collaboration and growth, where if we staff up with nothing but experts, uh, they might never collaborate with each other because they don't have to. The work won't be as interdependent. But being, being foresighted about what are the likely results of not having the levels of skill that we might like to have there and being ready to deal with the consequences of that uh, and clean it up and have a plan for how we might want to do that. Not being surprised by when what we thought might happen does actually happen. I think that's going to do it for us today. Until next time, I'm Karen Gimnig. And I'm Paul Tevis. And this has been Employing Differences. <laughs>